Well, we're back on the podcast. It's been a while since we've done a wrestling edition of the podcast. I'm your host, Darren, and I'm joined by the one, the only, Billy Gunn. No, the one, the only, Aaron Montgomery. Aaron, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a while. How have you filled your time without podcasting? Just sitting in the dark, waiting for your call for the past <laughs> Just rocking back forward like a mankind vignette from the 90s. Mankind yeah, for, he's a Bray Wyatt yeah, in his chair. Yeah, just rocking back and forward, just waiting for the for the call, for the <laughs> podcast bat signal to go up over Gotham. Well, so yeah, pleasure to be back. The I'm signal you've lasted so long without me. So am I. You know, it was it was a hard few months. You know, spiraling into depression. You know, you lost. I lost my job. I lost my car. I mean, life was hard, mate, without Spud. It usually is. Spread the word. <laughs> Tell all your friends about it. Yeah. Well, Spud, we're back. The wrestling podcast. It's Hell in the Cell today. Hell in the Cell is happening right now. We're not going to talk about it because I'm not watching it yet. But one of the things I do want to talk about is building a main event star. Or if someone is a main event star, how do you keep them? as a main event star, keep fans interested and all that sort of stuff. So right out of the right out of the box, right out of the blocks, not box, blocks, not box, never mind the box. Right out of the blocks, Spud, how would you build a top star? Or maybe what, what should a top star be? Or... I, I mean, it's a top star. You could be a top wrestling star or you could like transcend it. Yeah. Um, but they're very few and far between. I would argue there's only been like, what, like 10 in the last 30, 40 years yeah. that have actually sort of went ahead. But to be a wrestling, like a top wrestling star is easy. Just win. <laughs> <laughs> but then it's, it's found that healthy balance between winning and getting steel, like Cena or Hogan. But, yeah. I mean, I mean Austin barely, barely lost, you know? The Rock barely lost, so um, it's it's just riding that wave. I think to be a top star, um, you need to uh, just win. It's yeah. it's really not hard. We are constantly saying it's not hard. Uh, the it's storytelling. It's it's not just wrestling. It's just old school storytelling. Build yeah. your hero, have a villain, bad guy, good guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Let's talk about one. Let's talk about Drew McIntyre because you said all you have to do is keep winning. Drew has won pretty much every match he's been in since January onwards. And when people talk about the top stars in wrestling, he's still not really mentioned. Um, But one key word you used there are two words, depending on how you want to word it, storytelling. Do you think that's part of why maybe Drew isn't thought of as a top star? Or do you think he is? Um, We're just not giving him maybe the credit he deserves. I think he is a top star. Uh, he's just been unlucky with the COVID uh, thing. Um, the pop he would have got for beating Brock Lesnar the way he did at Mania yeah. uh, would have been amazing. Uh, he's been really unfortunate. But I think he carries himself well. I think the company, the fans do generally like him. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that he's headlining the Hell in a Cell tonight versus Orton. And that's been a great story, if a little bit long-winded. Um so I think people fans sort of appreciate that he's put in the work 
and he's went away and sorted stuff out and he's not a joke anymore um but storytelling wise i actually don't think that he's had bad stories it's just bad luck with outside situations like um the royal rumble had fans yeah it was just just before um so i remember watching it and being buzzing and everybody was sort of buzzing um so like the crowd went nuts for him so i think um it's worked out better for drew like compared to sheamus winning the royal rumble like uh 2010 or whatever it was um i just think he needs fans there uh, and to sort of cheer him on i think that's his detriment and hopefully he gets fans before he loses the belt but it depends on how you view tonight's match going yeah well the big thing is well you talked about the fans and even the raw couple of raws before the, when the fans were still there and the build up towards mania confronting lesnar coming out right after the rumble now and then raw and being like i'm coming for brock and the, the the claymores on the stage and lifting the belt he was getting over at that particular period of time as well so i, I i'd agree with you there that maybe the three uh the claymore three yeah. two one was getting over as well it was kind of everybody was joining in yeah so i think there's a chance there it's just he's really unlucky but everybody <laughs> knows that like he knows it himself like in interviews he said that he's he's kind of been unlucky with it but he, he's a big giant good looking guy that wins all the time it's yeah it's gonna it's gonna work you know do you think he's maybe if maybe not so much him but do you think that the fact that Raw's three hours and a lot of the time Raw, I wouldn't say isn't very good, but it's just like eh, middle of the road in terms of quality in general. Do you think that plays a role? Because if we flip the SmackDown, look at Reigns. Reigns, everyone's mm. like, Reigns is doing great work, but SmackDown's a two-hour show. And if you watch it once it's done, it's like an hour and 15 minutes. It's very watchable. It's very good. They get everything in and then they move on. And there is still little segments of like stuff you don't care about on SmackDown. But Raw feels like a marathon. Uh, it feels kind of, well, like you say, a marathon. I always watch it after the fact. I can't do it live um, just because of the amount of the adverts and stuff like that. But um, it's just we're so used to the the same old thing. And I think Drew's actually uh, avoided this pretty well. Drew, me and Drew are best mates. Um, <laughs> like Seth Rollins was on top of Raw for a long time and raw for about a year and a half was him coming out with the what you call the corporation yeah his his version of the corporation yeah the authority the authority there there (laughs) was halcyon days what a what a time to be alive so it was like 2017 ish he was coming out every week talking for 20 minutes and just then you'd see him about four times that night i think drew comes in i think he's really good promos yeah, but the short snap, like I'm gonna kick your ass, I'm out of here, or just throws a microphone down, and it's not. I think the the realize that Raw kind of is very formulaic, and maybe Drew's got a little bit of sway uh, and a bit of say, but I think any interview or section that he's been on, you know, he's kind of been a wee bit fresh. He would go into MVP lounge, you know how this goes. He started throwing the sofas straight away. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of little tweaks and differences. I think, I think could make him a star. And uh, wrestling fans are sort of starved for difference now, so it's refreshing. I, I do like him as a top guy. Yeah, I th- I agree with you. Like you see, even like 
you talked about when he just chucks down the mic and stuff. To me, that's believable because he is this like big, tall, well-built, badass type character. He's just not going to stick around for any crap. So if he just chucks the mic down, you know, you're like, okay, he's, he's annoyed. Here we go. You know, or sometimes it's felt very fake or forced, maybe. Whereas yeah. I feel he just comes across as natural because it's believable given his size, given his personality, given how he looks. You expect him to be a bit of a badass. Same with Roman on yeah. the blue side. Um, they're both, they're the two big stars right now. I think Roman's got him outclassed just from experience and stuff like that, or outclassed, like outmatched. I don't know what way to say it. Yeah. Um, but like he's still the face, if that makes sense. But like they're two believable big guys. Uh, what's Roman's t-shirt at the minute? Just wreck stuff and go wreck home stuff or leave or turn up and win. He sort of <laughs> yeah. rotates the two t-shirts. Yeah, yeah. Um, wreck stuff and go home was a good shit. Um, <laughs> on, on the back it says and stick the kettle on. Yeah, yeah, just go to Winchester, wait for it all to blow over. But um, <laughs> no, it's it's believable. Um, I think it's a different kind of... Basically, they're the same character. And it's the way they're carrying themselves or the fact that Paul Heyman's with one of them. Like, they are just badasses that are saying, I'm going to kick your ass um, and then do it. Yeah. But for some reason, we're booing Roman Reigns because he's <laughs> not smiling as much as Drew, you know that? Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's believability is a big thing. Um, when, what was his 3MB guy? Mahal, Jinder. Jinder Mahal won it. I, no, it was Jinder when he won the big belt. Yeah. Uh, everybody was just like, that's ridiculous. That's funny. I liked it just because, again, different. Yeah. Um, but it's not as believable, even though he's gigantic you're just like drew could literally pick me up I, we've seen him live were you there when no I, i've never seen drew live ironically i've seen gender live and had a photo with him and i was like this is a big unit but that's gender drew's t- taller than gender so i can imagine how big he is he's um he was at one of the belfast shows and it was actually the time he got he recently been released yeah. and he got a call from tna while we were there <laughs> which was pretty cool he like came out and says and just off the phone so check me out on tv but he's he's huge he's massive he's what like six six yeah he's a big so it's just it's a, he's a big boy he's a big fridge of a man <laughs> but it's just it's the believability of it and likability um so yeah big guy big star hopefully yeah um question for you do you think it's important that they keep Drew and Roman away from each other at Survivor Series? You know, where they usually do these sort of like champion, well, the last couple of years done champion versus champion stuff. I think they need to keep them away, even if they're in like um, a big like Raw versus SmackDown tag. I'm okay with that because you can throw little things in there for one of them to lose and it's okay. They can get by. But when you do them one on one, I just feel like you're asking for one of your top guys who are looking dominant unless there's a screwy finish, but you don't really want that in a random one-on-one match, you know, especially like an exhibition style. Do you think it's important you keep them maybe a bit apart at Survivor Series rather than champion versus champion? Well, the last couple of champ versus champ, it's all been Brock Lesnar against somebody, hasn't it? Yeah. It's been like AJ, Daniel Bryan. So I think, like I said, these two guys are pretty much the same sort of build, same sort of character, badasses, right before everybody Neil's going to be laughing his head off when I say it but like if you do have him in a Raw versus Smackdown have a face off 
and it could be a little bit like Rock versus Austin. If you build it up right, keep them apart, like don't let them touch. Remember there was the six man hell in a cell? Yeah. And Rock and Austin like locked eyes and started squaring up to each other and then the pops, the pops, the pops. Like do stuff like that. But don't have them What WWE will do is have them face each other at Survivor Series. <laughs> And it'll be a double count out and everybody will boo and go home or not be there. Um, and then they'll face each other for the next six months, uh, 20 times. And it'll be 10 each until WrestleMania. But <laughs> like you said, it should be just keep them apart and test the waters every now and again. Have them like have uh, Roman turn up and run, like stop at the door drew mcintyre's door and just look and have paul Heyman like push him away yeah. like have two big lions like fighting for wwe supremacy it's it's easy yeah it's so easy it's actually it's... If, you, if you go all the way back to 2004 rumble remember i think lesnar defended the belt against hardcore holly and then they were doing an interview with goldberg and yes. they sort of locked eyes and lesnar sort of was like where's my interview i'm the champ and you sort of tested the waters there and you went, oh, are these two going to go? Yeah. And it, it's so easy. You're right. It, you just test the waters. You have even like a mixed pay-per-view like tonight. They bump into each other backstage. There's a bit of a tension, a bit of a stare down at Heyman pushes him along type thing. It's, it is. It's very, very simple. It's kind of, um, like you said, well, first of all, quality hardcore Holly match. That one, <laughs> absolutely fantastic. But um definitely thought he was going to take it from from brock back then but um i think yeah it's just easy have them like square up to each other it's like they do it all the time and like mixed things like jbl and triple h kind of looking at each other i wonder who would have won that <laughs> and uh, you know it's uh, it doesn't need to be they're constantly feel like they're chasing ratings now and yeah. pops and uh, not pops like popping a rating basically and um oh god we're under fifth or 1.5 million on raw uh roman reigns will be appearing and uh be appearing on the ko show with uh drew mcintyre champion you know you know they're gonna do it but it doesn't need to be that way you don't need to have big star versus big star constantly the roman reigns current storyline proves that yeah like a tag team guy but it's probably the best story in wrestling at the minute yeah, well, the thing is, too, you know, you're talking about, like, oh, they're chasing ratings, so they'll just shove them together and hold in a finger-crossing finger exercise, like, give me ratings. And mm -hmm. But what actually gets ratings is good long-term storytelling where you're watching every week, waiting on the, you know, let's say the dynamite exploding. And when it doesn't, you're waiting, okay, I'm tuning next week. You know, the whole Banks and Bailey thing that went on for pretty much this whole year and even towards the end of last year when they were together and winning tag titles and stuff, you know, you've been waiting on that turn the whole time and you're, is it coming? Is it coming? Is it coming? And people are going on on Twitter and saying it's the best storyline in wrestling today, you know? And I think sometimes you just need a, a story that people want to see and want to buy into. And they'll keep coming back every week to see how it develops without just blowing it up, you know, within two weeks. Yeah. Uh, Love the wee dynamite plug that you threw in there, um, but um, check it out Wednesday nights alongside. Check Dave it Meltzer. out Wednesday nights. Uh, no. um, but yeah, I think 
it doesn't even need to be like major major long term storytelling it doesn't need to be a year long it's hard to keep everybody's attention for a year yeah. it'd be three months every, we'll do it every year between Royal Rumble and Wrestlemania so why after Wrestlemania happens everybody's just like oh you're fighting him again you're fighting him again Wrestlemania rematch Wrestlemania yeah. rematch it's like We've done all this. Move on. It should be an ending. Then start building the SummerSlam. Yeah. Then start building the Survivor Series. Then we're back to the Rumble. It's <clears throat> it just it it's constantly just it's very WCW um kind of chasing the rating on Hogan versus the Giant on free TV. Uh, Kevin Nash and Goldberg. Yeah. It's like yeah, but if Sting um didn't say a word on TV for like a year and a half with WCW and it was their biggest pay-per-view buy when he finally got his hands on Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Now, the, le- the less said about the actual match itself, the better. But like, it, I, sometimes you just need to think ahead, not just next week, you know, next yeah. month. It's <clears throat> pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of th- it's kind of a lost art now. Yeah, I think you're on to something. I think the quarterly thing is very, very simple. A big build towards the Rumble, big build towards Mania, big build towards SummerSlam, big build towards Survivor Series, and your pay-per-views in between should be, you know, it's like when you watch a TV show, there's a bit of storyline, then there's a battle, then there's a bit of storyline, then there's a battle, there's a bit of storyline, then there's the final war. I almost feel like you should be doing something like that. Your 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 little bit, your B-list pay-per-view should be your your battles, and whether that's the, the two people colliding or whether they're they're off on other adventures at the time but they inevitably come together for the big show i don't know maybe how you do that but that's how i think i think if you look at things quarterly as you said the big the big you look at your big four pay-per-views and you think this is what we want at these four how do we get there yeah um i also because i constantly sort of put down AEW, um i'm going to praise them for a change um but they do quite well with long-term storytelling um, because I think, well, Cody's like old school, isn't he? He's like from his dad and stuff like that. Yeah. So you had the Cody MJF. That was long-term. That was fun. Yeah. You had, uh, the, who's the Omega and Hangman just split up and that was like one of the, that's been building. It's kind of like the Sasha yeah. Bailey thing as well. But yeah, I think you do just have to just break it up into quarters just have storylines and just have them you know uh, an invitational you know i'm gonna put my u.s title belt on every week and just have great matches until the next b pay-per-view and then plant the seed for a SummerSlam feud you know it's i don't know maybe i've just been watching it too much uh my life i mean that's definitely true but um i just feel like people try and overthink it a little bit too much yeah it, it is certainly over like it's very over convoluted you know you look at that ray mysterio seth rollins feud from oh, from God. may it's still going and they're like just make them more and more and more complicated and complex that to the point where people are like we just don't care anymore they moved it on to smackdown they yeah. just moved everybody over i thought that was ridiculous like this is your chance to split up right just yeah. send rollins away yeah and no, Ray's daughter fancies Rollins' disciple, and he's not his friend no more. It's just like, oh god, just pull yeah. the plug, lads. Yeah, it's just too much going on, and it's it's yeah. more a case of 
you said it earlier wrestling is very very simple it's very very easy and when you start trying to make it overly complicated people are like i don't watch wrestling for this i watch something on netflix which is crazy and convoluted and complex <laughs> yeah yeah well, what much, i want to yeah. talk what i want to talk about is uh, a guy i'm really high on keith lee keith lee comes to raw big name lots of expectation all the wrestling fans who are on twitter are like happy days keith lee this is great this is great this is great I predicted at the time Keith Lee to win the Royal Rumble. Don't think he stands a chance anymore. <laughs> but, like, they're booking for Keith Lee. I'm not going to say it's bad because they've done some stuff really well and then they've done some, done some questionable stuff. Um, like going over Randy Orton clean on your first pay-per-view, albeit it wasn't a great match and it almost looked a bit fluke, luck win in the way. But even still, you pin Randy Orton clean on a pay-per-view given the year that Orton had very good. But we talked about it earlier, giving free matches away. Keith Lee versus Drew McIntyre on Raw. Just stick it on. Yeah, and uh, it was a dodgy finish, wasn't it? Yeah. Or was it? I honestly no, haven't I think really Orton been. I ran out and there was DQs or countouts and they were fighting backstage all night. I don't mind the fighting backstage all night. I thought it, made, it builds a bit of anticipation for the main event. But you could have done that up to a B-list pay-per-view. And that could have been like... They're just chopping it a bit to get out, get at each other, and backstage at Hell in the Cell, they bump each other and they just start fighting, and they fight their way out to the ring, and the match just starts. You know, I think it's a lot easier to do that at a pay per view than on a weekly show. I don't know. I just yeah. feel like you've you've got this big guy up with a lot of expectation on him, where you could build him, as you said, to keep winning. He goes into a feud with a heel mid card guy, heel upper mid card guy, feuds back and forward. The guy just keeps trying to make him lose matches, all this sort of stuff, and eventually he gets onto the big guys rather than just sort of chuck him in right away in with Drew McIntyre, and here's a pay-per-view main event that you've just thrown away on free TV. Yeah, well, it's it's literally... I think when he came up, I was like, oh, God, there, this has got Dolph Ziggler written all over it. He's just going to have a, a six-week feud with Dolph Ziggler. So I was actually pretty surprised when he went straight in and beat Orton. Yeah. Um, but again, I think his appearance was like Keith Lee's appearance was just a, a rating boost, um, because what? Why would you do it six weeks before you were gonna do a draft? Yeah. <laughs> why not? Him, why, yeah, make him a big thing. Why draft. not make him like your number one pick, like they've done with Becky Lynch and they've yeah. done with other people in the past? Instead, they're just oh, here's this guy. We've changed his music. We've, we think he's a bit too fat, so we stuck a top on him. You know, don't don't. I, before he came in, me and you were constantly saying, that's a star. I like the way he talks. I like the way he carries himself. That whole smug kind of look at me, bask in my glory. I love all that. Yeah. But I just think he was kind of right, right, you're on Raw, go. And then they're like, oh, God, uh, did Strowman beat him? Strowman beat him this week on Raw with a low blow, so that's the next feud he's going to be in for a while. Yeah. Um, there's another. It's very Strowman-esque, actually. <laughs> like it's it's very Strowman-y. Um, just his build. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I hope. I don't know who's going to win the Rumble this year, but Keith Lee would have been a good shout before this all sort of happened. But God knows who it's going to be now, man. Yeah, I, I'm thinking. I'm more going towards Big E now. <laughs> I think he's he's up there for a mega push. I just don't know if they'll ever if they'll pull the trigger in terms of getting into Mania. But I feel WWE's trying to get ratings and trying to get fans back, so they're going for people who the fans want to see win the Rumble. You know, Drew McIntyre, who came back from the Independent 
wrestling and TNA and now he's in the main event at WWE whereas before they used to try and push who they felt was their star I think now they're trying to push it's just a feeling they're trying to push people who they think wrestling fans want to see that's how I kind of feel that they're going with and and how they're how they're going about things but they just it's in terms of the long-term writing and the storytelling I think that's where everything falls down because you do have ability there you have stars there you have quality there and it's just the writing and the storytelling and the execution maybe of things well yeah but like uh they're listening to fans quote unquote but i think that's uh detrimental as well sometimes every now and again you'll get a daniel bryan but then if you constantly or a kofi but if you constantly like just listen to every whingy person on a podcast like me (laughs) or it's the sonic the hedgehog thing um sonic the hedgehog brought out a poster and he looked like a big weirdo remember the movie came out do you did you hear about this yes and then they changed it because there was a lot of people called complaining yes so they pushed it back and says right sorry and it's like but this is your movie (laughs) if i didn't like the look of it i wouldn't have went and seen it that's how you learn i think um vince eventually figures out like either how to make them a star or uh, no, we can't do it. Lex Luger, get him out. You know, um, I think that WWE are kind of a little bit flimsy at the minute. I think they just need to put their foot down. Apparently, they've been planning. Now, this is Paul Heyman, so it's probably not the truth. But <laughs> um, he's apparently, I've read an interview that um, WWE and Vince have been planning for the pairing of those two guys since The Shield. Yeah. I don't think that's true. But if it is, imagine if we just, like, oh, no, turn him heel now. Turn him heel now. Turn Hulk Hogan heel now. Oh, John Cena should be. It's like, you don't need to listen to it. Listen to your fans, but don't pander. Yeah. Don't go, right, okay, we're completely cancelling Roman Reigns. He's down to a tag team guy. Thanks for your input. You know, we wouldn't have this amazing uh, storyline that's going on at the minute. Or... Oh, Sasha and Bailey should have started feuding. They should have turned on each other two years ago. It's like, well, why? Then you're crying that it's not long term. Yeah, yeah. So it's constantly you're chasing the dragon. I think it's a dangerous sort of route to go down. Um, just do what you make a plan, stick to it. If it doesn't work, right? You know for next time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. Like. I think a lot of it goes down to it, as you said about it, you just said, make a plan. I don't think there is a long-term plan. There was that famous quote from Stephanie McMahon where she said, the main event of WrestleMania for the following year is decided at or around the time of WrestleMania of the current year. And I'm, I've am i always went, I don't agree because it just doesn't, it just doesn't look right, you know, in terms of the booking and how things are organized. You know, she said that fa- that was a famous quote from her, and I'm like, no, you don't book a year in advance. There's not a chance that you guys the book ma- a year in advance. Your writing doesn't back up what that statement. Yeah, they might have like a clue at who they want it to be. Yeah, like like Orton versus Batista, but then they, they couldn't have said that. No, we had Daniel Bryan <laughs> in there yeah. the whole time. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't think they have a super long plan. Like I said, they forget uh, week to week. Um, they forget pay-per-view to pay-per-view. They yeah. put on the same matches constantly. 
um, because they don't have a plan. You know, the plan shouldn't be Andrade and uh, Garza. I love that. Best feud of the year. Andrade and Garza to go against the Street Profits what, 60 every, times. Yeah, every, every, every week on Raw from April to October. And then on the pay-per-views in between. Yeah. I caught myself on watching... Uh, was it the last time it was like a screw finish because Garza wrecked his knee or something yeah. like that? I watched that and I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> Why am I watching this much? I do not care. I don't like this. It's put me off of Street Profits. I used to like them. I used to like 50% of them. Now I, I'm sick of seeing them. I'm like, ugh. But like, that's it's It's hard to write uh, five hours of television. Uh, plus your wee weird shows that you do on the sides, your um, yeah. whatever else. So I understand, but at the same time, you've got like 250 people, like under contract. Yeah. Just put on, just put on a mad match. Just go right, Sankara versus uh, Jeff Hardy. That'll be nuts. Let's go, and that'll be your match for the night. <laughs> just every now and again, I know exactly how Lars Sullivan is going to get booked for the next six months. That's how <laughs> used to the booking in WWE that I am. Yeah. I'm like a cheated fan, just wanting some good. I just want Roman Reigns size. Whoa, careful. Roman Reigns <laughs> size, like storylines. I don't want to be like, it's kind of like being in an abusive relationship, man. It's like every now and again, you'll get a pat on the head, but for the rest of the time, you're getting ignored and locked under the stairs. <laughs> That's a bit harsh, but you you know we're obviously that's hyperbole and whatever else, but like it's just kind of you know there's no plan. You just don't plan ahead. Yeah. Sure, there's they're saying we plan ahead, and then Meltzer's coming out and saying you know you know you know he tore up the script this week. Yeah. And reread it there and then, so you don't have a plan. We yeah. don't even have plans when we're going to do podcasts, and yeah. we're a two man operation, so I have no <laughs> idea how they do it. Yeah, it's like, and even even some of the decision making sometimes, specifically in terms of like you had Kevin Owens versus Alistair Black and on and the little stupid thing about his eye and he came out nowhere and attacked Kevin Owens. But sure, you build that up slowly and then you put it on a pay per view. You don't just shove them against each other on Raw three weeks in a row, put screw finishes, then put it on a pay per view and then go on. I wonder why no one's watching our shows anymore. It's like well because we've seen the matches six times. You know? oh, put, it over, put them both over to SmackDown, then it's their turn to watch it. They can do the feud for the next three months, and then we'll swap again after Mania. It's <laughs> it's literally like that. Yeah. Everybody, all the storylines from Raw moved over. <laughs> like Seth one, uh, tell me, and uh, Cien Almas and Garza didn't go to SmackDown. Yeah. Did they? I don't know. I can't even remember if if the winner. I know the, I street, the street profits went, and then the the the, hand, the swapped the tag belts for the new day, which I thought was a bit silly. I thought you could have at Back least. You could have. Do you know least... what's silly? They're using it. They're using it as a separate reign. What? It's not a continuous reign. Oh wow. <laughs> they are the new Raw and the new SmackDown, whatever. But yeah, it's just kind of meh at the minute. They're they can build stars, but they get to a point and then just forget. Yeah. Well, let's, let's sort of playfully book the next main event star. Let's use Big E, for example. I've said Big E. I'm not, I think you're a fan of Big E. Yes, I love Big E, but okay. I didn't realize that you love Big E as much as you did. You oh, love this fella. I do. Constantly going on about him. I think, 
I think he's top level main event. Build your company around him, star. I think he's that good. Um, I think he's sure. that good on the microphone. I think he's built like a tank. He can. He's athletic. He can do. He can do all the moves that people want to see, and he's believable. Here's a guy who is an absolute unit of a man. Let him go. Like take the chains off. But let's let's talk Big E, right? From let's go from say December onwards, right up to WrestleMania. If we're gonna fantasy book Big E into a main event star, main event spot, how would you do it? Starting say, if, let's start Survivor Series. You probably have him in a in a in a Survivor Series tag match. And he's down to like four on one and he comes back and wins something like that. What would you do with Big E? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's a great start. Uh, but it does just make... I mean, Orton did that a couple of times, I think. Roman so done that's... it a couple of years ago, remember? And he got yeah. he was organically really, really over. And then I think Vince seen it. Went, Let's push him to the moon. And that's when the fans really turned on him. Yeah, the same way he broke a record at the Rumble and stuff like that that year as well. So yeah. he was on fire, blah, blah, blah. So... I mean, right, so we're fantasy booking. Let's bounce ideas, I don't know. So, right, he wins for SmackDown. Who's going to be champion? Is it just Roman? I can't see him and Roman having, like, a good match. No, you don't think so? I don't know. I just think two big par guys. I just, I just look at it and think Roman's going to go through everyone and who's realistically going to beat Roman? And you, you look at... Big E's on the run of his life. He's a big man. He's big. He's strong. He's not going to be scared. You know, whereas you look at Roman in terms of the SmackDown roster, apart from Lars Sullivan, he's going to be bigger than most people, you know, intimidating wise and built like a tank. And I think if they end up going with some sort of stable type faction, you know, if they call it the Tribe or the Samoans or whatever, and you have E up against them type thing, I think, I don't know. I think it could be something. I don't know if it could be your main event close the show, but I think it could be a title match on the card could be a Kofi um I don't know like I'd, but then you've just brought him out of a a group yeah to put him against what I'm going to assume it's going to be like a faction with him and the Usos um I, the only thing is I know you love the guy and I know you're talking about believability and stuff like this but I can't see him beating I cannot see them pulling the trigger and letting them letting Big E win at Mania against Roman Reigns, even I, if it's not the last. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even mind that, though, if he was booked right up t- until Mania as a credible threat and Roman just about beats him, because I think you, you still establish someone. You know, Bret Hart, Steve Austin. You know, Austin didn't win that one at yeah. Mania 13. But, yeah, I wouldn't even be opposed to it. I just think you can build him as a star and book him as a star and book him as a threat and a credible threat and a main eventer. Yeah, you could do. I mean, a strong showing at the Royal Rumble is always a favourite. Yeah. So you could have him again. Not even you don't even have him to win it, but you could have him eliminate like ten people, all yeah. with big power moves, and uh, have the commentators go always oh, starting to get serious. This is a serious uh, biggie that we've all been clamouring for. Um, and he shakes hands with Kofi or something and starts playing around as someone chucks him out from behind, and then he gets all the abuse again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that because. Uh, the thing is, with Biggie, right, I understand where they're coming from, and they had the Miz uh, dress him down on Talking Smack or Raw or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, um, or he's like, I can be serious. I can turn it on when I want to. And they sort of tried to do that with Sheamus, but he just screams of, if he ever got the belt, he just screams of Dean Ambrose. 
coming down with mustard and squirting people in the face saying, oh, there's paint in the suitcase. It's all... Yeah. So I don't know. I, I know what you mean. I do like him. I like him outside every time I see him. I think he's genuinely hilarious, but I just... I don't know if he's top guy. I know this isn't what you asked, but I just... <laughs> <laughs> fantasy book, my, my bestest mate, Big E. And like, no, no, I won't. Actually, he's going to lose at me in here. No, I, I don't know, man. What do you think? I think... I I would like him to be in a title match at Mania. Whether he wins or loses, I w- I'm not bothered about. I think you could build him as a credible threat, and I think you could build him as the next, not to stay Lesnar's lines from 2002. You could book him as the next big thing. He's gonna he's the next one that's gonna start taking things seriously the way he almost like Drew did. And now that he's got serious, and now that he's got focused, he can win the big one. And he can go in and have a valiant effort and come up short against Reigns because everyone's expecting him to be the one that dethrones Reigns, and then all of a sudden Reigns just pulls it out of the bag and he still he still has a run. He's still in the main event. He still gets all the the interviews, the pyro. I think the video package is easy to make. I would have him run right at the Rumble, and I would have the like either Woods and Kingston come out numbers after each other, and they start making jokes and playing you know messing around with each other. And he gets chucked out, and then you have maybe not similarly to the Miz. You have whoever's next few days. You can't win the big one because you're not serious, and you keep losing focus and all this sort of stuff. But like the Eddie Guerrero build, the Lesnar in No Way Out 04. You know they say you can't win the big one. You know you're a joke. You're this. You're that. And then you you, you tease it so much that he is going to win the big one, and then he does come up short against Reigns. And you can always revisit. You know maybe a couple of months down the line he. Gets himself into a title shot and maybe in a triple threat match if you don't want Reigns eating the pin and he can win it there somewhere down the line. I don't know, but I just think you can build him as a main event star. It doesn't have to be a winner because yeah, no, no, you know what I mean. I'm not saying I'm not saying that he can't be a main event star. I'm just kind of, I just, I'm not as behind him as you are in terms of like, you think literally you just said he could be the next big thing. Yeah, I think maybe, maybe. Yeah, you know, but I put I put him in a kind of and uh, I put him in Rikishi <laughs> kind of level, and it, this is not a put down, but I'm literally gonna right. So do what Rikishi did in the 2000 Royal Rumble. Grandmaster Sexy and Scotty Tuhati come out, they do the dance, and then he's like no, and throws them both out. Yeah, it's like oh, this is serious, Rikishi. Okay, hope he doesn't run down, you know, any main eventers or whatever. But like um. You could do that with Big E, uh, but I just can't see him getting over that sort of, you know, Jeff Hardy, Rikishi hump. He might have the odd belt. Yeah, um, you can't, you can't see him as the man. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. I, I could see that too. I, I know what you're saying, because as much as I'm behind him, whenever I do think of Big E, I think about him, you know, those like silly memes of him eating popcorn. I do think of him trading insults with The Rock and it is all very comedic. So that is something he does have to get over that even when he is serious, you know, can he lose that comedic tag? You know, like Drew McIntyre done it phenomenally when he left and came back. You know, he was no longer the guitar playing um, or air guitar playing 3MB guy. He completely destroyed that maybe image of him in terms of what people expected. You know, Jinder Mahal, we had, we spoke about it briefly earlier. He probably didn't. You were like, okay, this is different, but I'm still thinking of, like, Jinder the jobber. Um, yeah. And Big E, that's, in my opinion, is his biggest hurdle. It's can he get over the comedic character stereotype that he is being? Because 
he is fun he is entertaining he is charismatic and he is comedic and it's very hard to try and I don't know, maybe put a lid on the comedic side and say, act super serious. Because when you listen to his podcast, when you listen to him talk, he is very fun as a, as, as a person, you know, and you, do you say don't show that side? I don't know. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. It's kind of, it's a double-edged sword kind of thing. It's like, <clears> you can't go, just have him like be serious. That could be the build, you know, like you said, just have it the build. Oh, okay. So it's just the goofy guy. You know, the pancake guy's coming after me. Oh, no. Yeah. And then have sort of, like, little glimpses of, you know, he's not wearing, you know, the purple and blue or swiveling the hips or riding the ropes and stuff like that. He's hilarious. Yeah. So um, it's it's just when top, like, who's the last funny top guy that you've really, you can think of? Like, I hated all of John Cena's, like, jokes when he was top. Yeah, I mean you're going back to La Rock or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, like, you find yeah, the oh, Sam, Sam yeah. Punk. I don't know, but like, it's kind of like I said, it's just it might go down the Dean Ambrose road where it's just like, no, he's gone too far, he's too goofy, I cannot take him seriously as like a top guy. Plus the two guys that you mentioned did have to go away, they get yeah, fired true. and came yeah. back, so hopefully that doesn't happen to him. But I don't know, I just I can just. A big, big old whiff of Rusev, just one big <laughs> match, and then nah, we'll put you back with, with the new day on Raw. Don't worry, yeah. big man. We'll give the you next, a chance, but you didn't do it. The next draft in April after Mania. Guess who's back on the new day? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's, I mean, that's what happened to Kofi. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I didn't really, yeah, really yeah, want that. So it was almost like, sorry, sorry, Kofi, we ended your reign. Here's a tag run. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry about that. It was just 12 seconds. Really sorry. But, you know, it is it is what it is. Hopefully you can prove me wrong. I mean, he could be the next big star. could be the next Rock. The we- Rock. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson, sorry. It's this East from Doom. Yeah. You know this actor, fella? He does loads of films in Hollywood, so you might have heard of him. <laughs> I haven't seen Doom since it was released. I watched the. I watched Doom. And really I watched like it. Doom the other day. I watched <laughs> Doom the other day. That's what's fresh in my memory. And oh my god, don't watch Doom. Play Doom. Well, don't watch Doom. Well, what about um the next next couple of guys you think could be big stars? Do you have any in your head? Oh God. Um. Um. Keith Lee. What about, here's one for you. What about Adam Cole? Too small Maybe. believability, small. especially when small you bring up against a, a Drew and a Roman. Too small. Too small. Um, it depends if, I mean, they could bring him in. Mm, don't know because I mean AJ's small compared to those guys, and Daniel Bryan's small. But he's different guy. He's still kind of. I don't know if you bring him in with the whole group. That's a good shot. Because he's over. It's just shouting yeah. his name as his catchphrase. <laughs> so why not? But like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just think as soon as he goes up, unless Triple H is like, listen, please, please just let me be in charge of his booking <laughs> on Raw or SmackDown. He's going to SmackDown if he's going anywhere. Uh, so please, please just let me do it. Then he has a, ch- a chance because he loves him. But if it's Vince, he'll just, you know, he'll be on uh, 205 Live by <laughs> the, end of, the end of the year. So, But yeah, uh, big fan of Adam Cole, baby. Well, what about Karrion Cross? <laughs> the best tattoos. 
best <laughs> tattoos in the WWE. Um, I don't know. I mean, he's a big guy. Uh, Lars Sullivan. It's just going to be one of those. Although, when he first came out, I said, I think I texted you saying, this poor guy is going to be the next Mark Merrill because of his guard. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. So, I think, again, that's uh, that's Trish Stratus. That's, um, what do you call that? Grumpy-looking agent from back in the day. Sable. At Sable, like... I think once Vince sees them both together, it's like, oh, look at, look at her, look at her. Who the hell is that guy? Carry her bags for a big man. You know, it's yeah, gonna be yeah. very like that. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, I didn't see enough of Karrion Cross before he got injured, so I yeah. could not tell you. I think he, he has his tattoos. Yeah, I, his tattoos are poor, and I hate his goatee. I think he needs to go full on beard or completely shave it. It looks very, yeah. it looks very um, truck driver. Um, yeah. goatee or something um, who else am I thinking of that could potentially um, do something what on the main about, roster what about women what about like the next big woman star because Bianca Belair is the one that they're really sort of getting behind I, I would I would push her to the moon and I'd push Rhea Ripley to the moon and um, I think their match at TakeOver didn't actually get enough time and it was almost a byproduct because of the whole Ripley-Charlotte thing. The whole thing was set up for Charlotte just to beat up Rhea Ripley after the match, which was a bit harsh considering the talent of both of those two in it. Um, I would push one to the moon on SmackDown and one to the moon on Raw and see see what happens. I think both of them are stars. I think Belair has a little bit more in terms of the promoing and the charisma and I would let her be her. And you Ripley. hate Rhea Ripley, but no, no, I think I think she's great. Hate, I, I, I just think she's she's sounds she's like yeah, she sounds very theater. I just I think you're not used to hearing an, an Australian accent on TV, right? I honestly <laughs> it do. Be, I it could be. I just it, it just sounds so scripted to me. Um, in my in my opinion, Belairs, you don't go the EST of you know it's very like I can tell what your bullet points are with Bianca Belair. <laughs> I, she carries it well like you said the charisma is amazing but I just I, I know where she's going to go no I'm not saying Rhea Ripley I don't know if you know this but I'm quite a Rhea Ripley fan man. I don't you've never said <laughs> never said man. never said but like um, I, I understand what you're saying but I just think when you're talking believability uh, Rhea Ripley's the way to go with the women um, Bianca Belair yeah she's fantastic keep them apart and just do do what you're doing I think the women apart from Sasha and uh, Bailey, I think the women's division's kind of just waiting for um, Charlotte to come back. <laughs> yeah, because so. you've, you've kind of got four or five there who are at the top. You've Oscar, Charlotte, Becky, and Sasha, and they've kind of been at the top along with Becky as well for the last five or six years, you know, in and around there. And you get the odd little rain for like a Carmella or something. But they're certainly, the rest of them, as harsh as it sounds, they're, they're mid carters really. And you're waiting for someone else to break that four horsewoman plus Oscar category and i think these those two are probably the best chance that you have provided the booking is good i know ripley is since mania has suffered drastically on the booking side of things um yeah what do you I, call the, the mma girl as well i thought she was going to be big and they did not want her Baszler or sonia uh she and Baszler. She should have been big. So we've had, this, like, we talk about, we text each other back and forward, oh, she's great, he's great, whatever. 
um i remember texting you saying like she's a star she's a bit i think she's like 40 or something like that so she's only got a couple of years in her probably um but like the t- you could have got a solid six, year out of her as like an unbe- six, unbeatable yeah. heel and then you could have yeah. even done the revisited the ripley basler feud from nxt yes or and just did ha- uh, <clears throat> ronda rousey just ronda rousey booker yeah. just have her come out she came in and like bit becky lynch in the neck and that was it that's yeah. the <laughs> then she's just another sort of another person but six months ago i would have said her yeah so it just shows you how fast everything can change yeah um one, one thing i would do you know we, we've, we've talked briefly earlier about the street profits we mentioned bianca belair almost do a, the way they're doing gargano and his missus on nxt you could do that with montez ford and belair but almost on a face side of things and get rid of the guy you don't like of the street profits the 50 percent that you're not a fan of you have montez ford pushing hard um not not for a world title or anything like that but a u.s title or an intercontinental title working his way up with really good matches and she's working her way up and you get him at mania in a u.s title match or an intercontinental title match and you have your big workhorse match of the card and then you have her in the smackdown women's title match maybe against the banks or something like that if banks wins it tonight which i have a funny feeling she won't um but um yeah i i think you could do more with with the, the women's side especially in terms of bel-air and ripley and I think Montez Ford is a massive star waiting to happen, but I also agree with you. He needs to get rid of the big guy. But then uh, there's barely any tag teams at the minute. You know, it's they're true. constantly yeah. splitting up tag teams, so can't see that happening anytime soon. Um, but yeah, hopefully, I, I do like Montez. I think he's very. I've said before, he's reckless and stuff like that. But he just gets excited, and it's it's refreshing to see, I suppose. Yeah. Um. But the other guy, what do you think? I can't forget his name. Dawkins, Angelo Dawkins. Um. Yeah. Not, feed him, not to, a feed fan. him to feed him to Sullivan in the pre-show or something. And, just dump him. And like, I I always think you know you get a Montez Ford and he's working his way up, and you even have like a Rollins as a intercontinental champ at mania even if it's a triple threat or something and montez ford's in that match and you give him his intercontinental title rub at mania something along those lines because you put rollins in there you put montez ford in there and maybe i'm trying to think someone else on smackdown sammy zayn for talk's sake and i think in terms of a match quality you've got a good bit of gold there in terms of ability in the ring and you said he's a bit reckless you have a rollins and a zayn to kind of talk him down a little bit maybe yeah yeah no fair play um yeah, he could be. Again, I can't see him like making that leap, but he he could be the next something. He, he doesn't. <laughs> I think I think he's very limited because I'm already really bored of the street profits, like, um, because of oversaturation. But that's me, you know. I'm sure they're selling t-shirts, and I'm sure WWE have probably got street profit red solo cups. They're yeah. about $5 on the website. <laughs> so until they stop, you know, it's the new day rule. Until they stop making money, maybe they'll just stick together for the next half a decade. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, um, who else? I was thinking of somebody when you said Angelo Dawkins. Angel Garza. I like him. He's good. Um, he, I, th- I think he could be another one that could that could go places. But I, I just I question the, the booking with him. They, they're constantly looking for... I mean, from what I've heard, you know, from the Dirt Sheets brother, uh, they're constantly looking for the next, they haven't really, the next Eddie Guerrero for the Latina market, yeah. you know, um, 
and Ray sort of on his way out as well. And they could have Ray's son, but I think he's just kind of a bump machine. But I think Angel Garza could be it. But then again, I thought it would have been Andrade a year I, ago. I, so I, I still think it could be Andrade. I think he suffered tremendously bad booking. <laughs> I think um, didn't the split him and Zelina Vega up? Yeah, they had that great faction where you're thinking, oh, this could be something. You had Zelina Vega, you had Andrade, you had Garza, and randomly Austin Theory was there. He didn't quite fit, but you kind of had that whole little faction of like breakthrough talent, and they just kind of buried it pretty much pretty quickly. Remember Austin Theory? Yeah, he's, he's not going to do well. He's jumping um, in NXT now. Yeah, he, he was a bad boy, I think. He yeah. got some accusations or whatever. But like... If they're looking for the next Eddie Guerrero, you're not going to find that straight away. Yeah. Um, but I, there's glimpses of it in those two guys. Um, far more than when they pushed Sin Cara to the moon. He was just a big sloppy agent. Yeah. Um, so I think those two guys could fill a hole that they're constantly looking to fill. I think that's yeah. the best way I can sort of put it. Well, the thing is, too, I don't think you always have to, like, push them to the moon as in main event. You could give someone solid TV time every week, quality matches every week, quality storylines every week in the upper mid-card U.S. title, IC title area. And yeah, I mean, still, I mean, still get massively over. And then, as you said about earlier, like Jeff Hardy, Rikishi, you get the odd little bump into the main event, but predominantly you're that upper mid-card just before the main event guy. Yeah, I mean, you could, the the whole thing, you have to find, again, the right balance because you have Ziggler to look at. Yeah. <laughs> I know I put that per, per fella down all the time, but he's that sort of thing. But then he's constantly thinking that he should be better. So not everybody gets to be Hulk Hogan. Yeah. You need a Roddy Piper. You need a Macho Man. If you get to be a Macho Man or an Ultimate Warrior, sweet. There's yeah. your time. Enjoy it. Um, Jake Snake Roberts never won the top title. Yeah, Everybody's Scott talking Hall. about him. Scott Hall. Um, you know, we could sit and do that for loads of people. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, I'm not going to. But like, um, <laughs> <laughs> because I literally got D. Lou Brown. So <laughs> uh, I just think not everybody gets to be the top top star. And um, some people. This is what I mean with Big E. I think yeah. Biggie's not got the mindset in him to like go, yeah, I'm gonna push myself to be the top star. I think he would have been more than happy for to stay in New Day for the rest of his sort of peak of his career, say. Yeah. Um, because that's sort of success. Uh, what am I trying to say? Like the friendship was more important than his success, you know, because they're still going to do the podcast and all together. Yeah. But I get glimpses of that. If you know what I mean, but like I said, every every Stone Cold needs uh, a Triple H, every Hulk Hogan needs a Macho Man, so just aim to be like one of the guys, and maybe you're a tag team specialist, make a living off that. The Young Bucks did, FTR yeah. are going to, uh, the Midnight Express have been doing it for like the last 70, 80 years, <laughs> so you know it just uh, you don't need to be the top top guy, but yeah. you just need to be entertaining and yeah. fun. What about, just to wrap it up then, Spud, what about guys who have maybe had a run at the top and it hasn't quite worked, whether it be booking, whether it be believability, whether it be just WWE changes plans, you know, you know, you know, um, you know, your Kevin Owens, your Sheamus's, you know, guys like that. What about them? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, like, um, I know what you mean, it's kind of 
it's the stop startiness. Yeah. Kevin Owens is a great one. Um, they really don't know what to do with him. Um, he came in House of Fire, had the John Cena match and stuff like that, and then eventually Triple H handed him the belt. Remember that? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it goes way back, man. It's not like a new thing, I think. That's true. Uh, Kevin Nash. Yeah. Big Daddy Diesel. Big, big giant Daddy Diesel. <laughs> Don't know why I said that. And uh, Lex Luger, you know, pretty much 1992 until 1997 was pretty poor, apart from Shawn Michaels and Brett. So I just think they get cold feet. I think Vince McMahon's very stubborn, but at the same time, he's got like this weird, he's stubborn, but he's got a mixture of like, I want it. No, no, no. Yeah. I want, I want that pop. I want the next Hulk Hogan. I want the next Rock. I want that. So he's constantly, as he's got older, he's constantly chopping and changing. But he always gives people a chance. But I think there's just that many people on at the minute. Like Kevin Owens just got lost in the shuffle when he was champion, and the yeah. main, like BTJ <clears throat> or Jericho, was the star of that pairing. Yeah. And who was the other guy that you brought up? Yeah, uh, Sheamus. Seamus is always—he's the kind of guy that you were saying. He's not a top top star. He's like a British bulldog. Every now and again, he'll get well. Not a bulldog. He didn't win. Oh, there's another one. Um, but uh, he's kind of gatekeepery. Yeah. At this stage of his career and stuff like that. But gatekeeper, he could fill a hole to main event and 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 pay per views, but you're not gonna want yeah. the headline WrestleMania. Exactly. Um, he's very first feud. You know, the Big E, when he was starting to get, he get it, he feuded with Sheamus, you know, and yeah. things like that. Um, and like I said, I don't know, like, we've said that it's, you need to have a plan. Um, yeah. So just plan it. And I don't think they had a plan with Owens, with uh, Jeff Hardy the first time he won it. Um, CM Punk the first time he won it. Sure, he didn't even lose it. He just yeah. got it, like, taken off him. So, yeah. I do think they kind of get cold feet um, sometimes, and sometimes it is a booking. Sometimes it's a storytelling. Sometimes it's an injury. So yeah, yeah, Finn Balor. Hot love them. Yeah, poor Finn. Yeah, like one of the ones that. Carrying <clears throat> Cross. Yeah, true. Very true. Actually, Carrying Cross and and Finn Balor are two big ones. Every time Balor yeah. seems to get a run or a big push, he's injured. Yeah. Um, someone else I was gonna I was gonna bring up and it went straight out of my head was I'm trying to think who it was now. Um, yeah. oh SmackDown for example the reason why it, we we all think SmackDown's a bit better is an hour and twenty minutes really once you take out the ads and it seems to be that the writers have a lot smaller of a pool to focus on you know in terms of your Roman Reigns your Sami Zayn like the Reigns and Uso storyline big on SmackDown Billy Banks big on SmackDown. Sami Zayn, Jeff Hardy, AJ Styles, big on SmackDown. And then there's a couple of other smaller storylines thrown in and around SmackDown. Always get a little bit of TV time, but we're never overly important, such as Miz and Otis and stuff like that. Whereas Raw, you mentioned what Kevin Owens and Lost in the Shuffle. I think the fact that Raw's three hours long and they just need to fill time sometimes actually hinders some of the booking on Raw, whereas SmackDown's very, very particular in terms of their booking. You know, there doesn't seem to be too much random on SmackDown, whereas Raw just has random matches and random throwaway segments that they don't really follow up on, to maybe to kill a bit of time. Do you think that has an impact? All, yeah, at all? I mean, that, that's, that's just my opinion, but I'm curious what you sort of think about that. I mean, it's a it's a theory because like there's there's less uh, less fat in the 
on the meet. You know, it's just right. We've got three outbreaks. We've got an hour and twenty minutes. Let's let's do it. Uh, they tend to have more or longer matches as well on SmackDown. I think it's very throwaway matchy on Raw. Um, and considering it's the same guy in charge, isn't that Bruce Pritchard right across the board now? As far as, I know, as far as I know, according to the the dirts, but <laughs> a genuinely, yeah. I don't know. I mean, you don't I mean, nobody believe. really knows, you know. Um, yeah. But like, I do, I do think that's a factor. I think the fact that you can just go, do you know what? I'll throw on SmackDown. Oh, that was fine. I skipped Otis. That was fine. Um, and yeah, like I said, Raw's weird as well because not only will it be three hours long and like full of filler but it'll be full of filler of the same people yes so it'll yes. Be, you'll see seth rollins on uh six times there was one selena vega i i like selena vega very much she's great on instagram give her a follow but <laughs> and she's she's actually really good in the ring and stuff like that so yeah. and i but there was one raw where she was literally on like five segments either as a manager or backstage or slabbering at Charlie Caruso or she was on commentary during the match I was like how are they do they want me to hate them <laughs> do they want me to be oh god here comes Selena Vega yeah turn the Again. TV off not boo here comes Selena Vega here comes Baron Corbin beast this is this is great this is going to be quality he's got his crown on but it's just Smackdown it's like right Roman Reigns will be in the main event uh, against such and such then he'll make an announcement and you do not see him until the main event you might see him in a backstage thing but it's usually going to be Paul Heyman saying all his shtick yeah. but I just think it's very samey and considering how bloated the roster is why not just have a couple of throwaway matches Yeah. or not even throwaway matches just good exhibition matches yeah like even just, just a match like oh the winner of this match is going to get a title shot at the intercontinental title at the next pay-per-view or um, it could be yeah no it's as simple as that you've got ricochet and uh who was it i had in my head there well cedric. let's say andrade cedric no they they constantly they're going to be feuding for the next six months so not that <laughs> but ricochet ricochet is great with anybody pretty much have him yeah. go against um the the split up the house party is it lucha house party yeah so have one of those guys have uh dorado lindsay dorado against ricochet have a wee 10 minute match go for it we haven't yeah. seen that you know but instead it's going to be oh there's a there's a match one-on-one oh they're tag team partners of vendors join us after the great break to see what happens like i wonder if it's going to be a tag match yeah oh it is it is oh and it's a dq brilliant see you next week it's yeah. just kind of you know yeah, it's it gets a wee yeah, very samey man i think it's the thing too like for example one of the things i do love on raw i love drew mcintyre love keith lee love orton and i love the hurt business and now that new day's on raw i'm like get the hurt business feuding with a new day over the tag belts make it shelton and cedric's thing and have bobby lashley go chasing the upper mid card title and all of a sudden you've got the hurt business with all the gold and running their mouths and coming up the survivor series you've got people from smackdown running in and chasing them and then you've got guys from raw also nailing them because they want the belts back i don't know i just think try and do something different yeah i mean they tried to do something different with retribution and the proper pulled the plug on that uh, yeah the past the past raw so 
I like the hurt business. I like the MVP as a mouthpiece and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, it doesn't need to be the same same guys that you see constantly. Um, it doesn't need to be the same matches. That's pretty much that's my only complaint. That's my big complaint. I've got loads of complaints, but any time that we talk about wrestling, I'm like, not this match again. It is true. Like, skip, skip, skip. Specifically, this whole COVID period from many onwards, we've said Street Profits, Viking Experience, or Viking Raiders, whatever they're called, and um, Garza and Thingy Andrade. We've like, we're sick of seeing these six just rotate with each other um specifically one of one of the two of the vikings or andrade garza with the street profits mostly garza and andrade with a little bit of vikings thrown in here and there but those six guys they've just worked on a loop for six months but then uh they were doing that they were at least trying to be different uh with the mini golf and yeah you know the comedy skits and i like that so and I'd, I'd, usually, I'd usually hate that kind of stuff but i was like yeah they don't have to. See, on SmackDown just passed, I actually watched SmackDown for the first time in ages, and um, there's uh, Daniel Bryan's returning tonight. I'm like, oh, happy days. We literally haven't seen him since WrestleMania. And he came out in, like, a cardigan. And I'm like, oh, he's not even wrestling. He's just going to come out and do, like, yes, 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 and that'll be it. It's like, that was your chance. Just have, like, a little Daniel Bryan match. We haven't seen that in six months. Yeah, nah. put, put him up against some, like, quality heel. You know, even, yeah. if they're, even if they're a mid-card. You know what 100%. I mean? You just put a quality 10, 10 12-minute match on. You know, we've we, we, we done it in the SummerSlam review. Robert we had Kurt Angle, Rey Mysterio put on a 12-minute, on-fire, unbelievable match. There's no reason why Daniel Bryan couldn't have done that with an Alistair Black or with someone in and around that sort of level and ability. Yeah, well, like I was saying, just having, like, if it's going to be basically a squash match, avoid Ziggler at all costs, but have... Like Robert Roode. Yeah, I like Robert Roode. Yeah, but we haven't seen that match, I don't think. Yeah. So no, have that. So. Have, have like like you said, have a uh, Alistair Black. Uh, don't have Kevin Owens and him being like chums and like let's be tag partners. That'd be bad. Have them have a match. I don't remember that off the top of my head. Yeah. And if it, if it has happened, it hasn't happened in a long time. So I think. Yeah, this whole podcast was meant to be about star power, but or how to build a star. But I think we ended up just talking about how, how to book. they're real, <laughs> they're, they're sort of missing the mark when it comes to it. But yeah. you know, hopefully it all sorts itself out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Spud, it's been a pleasure as always. Where can we find you on Instagram, Twitter, and social media? Um, I'm on it just instagram what's my name on instagram just orange spud yeah uh, orange spud and on twitter i'm orange spud with the number one so if you want to come on and tell me that oh dolph ziggler is the best wrestler of the last 25 years <laughs> i can just do a jim Cornette and block you we yeah. could all move it move on with our lives move on swiftly um yeah Absolutely, you can find me on Twitter as well at the podcast. We're both we both have access to that account, and we can reply and abuse and talk and chat and do whatever we need to do to people on Twitter, including block, as you have rightly mentioned. And um, Spud, been a pleasure. Go enjoy the rest of your Monday morning, um, as it is back home in Northern Ireland. Pleasure as always. Thank you for listening to the podcast with me, your host Darren. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the podcast. Thanks for your time.
Stay safe and tune in next time.